This is the Scratching and Surviving Podcast, where we together will learn what it takes to achieve extraordinary results. And I am your host, Aries Webb Williams. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is part two of the Hack the Culture episode with Benjamin J. Van. I wanted to break it up into two parts because we had so much to say and so much input. It was just so good that I didn't want to spread it out into one long episode. So I hope you enjoy. Continue listening to Benjamin and I discussing hacking the culture. Yeah, and for like when you talk about black and brown individuals, um, people in, in the space and the time we're at right now when it comes to uh, this whole uh, fourth industrial revolution, right? Technology, the internet of things, blockchain, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that are, are becoming what they are, becoming the norm, have to push through that uncomfortable feeling to name things and who we're targeting um, so that they do feel in- included. You know, there's something yes. about going somewhere where somebody knows your name, you know, not to quote the cheer song, but right. there's, a, there's something about being seen um, that for so long, People have tried to throw this blanket of like minorities, you know, mm-hmm. over over all minorities, and, and you almost erase, you know, like this. You're you're erasing is almost like this sense of otherness, and you're erasing who they are and mm-hmm. their cultural um, competencies that are completely different between all these minority, um, what you call more minority groups. Yeah, because people will be say minority. they're colorblind. Exactly, <laughs> and you're not colorblind. <laughs> Because that means you are erasing my culture. You're erasing everything about what I am because you need to see me. Just like I see you, we see each other, and that's okay, and we should be able to appreciate what we do see in each other instead of, you know, treating somebody a certain way because of that. And why And why I feel technology and just innovation in general because technology sometimes scares – it's a scary word for us mm-hmm. black people sometimes, which is, um, you know, why I really stress innovation than I do – the word technology because innovation can use technology and technology is a tool, mm-hmm. but it's not the, it's not the end result, right? right. It's, it's the impact and the change that it makes. And that's what, that's what innovation is at its core um, is the process of change, right? And how we manage that, how quickly that happens, who's the beneficiary of that. That's what innovation um, is. And technology is a tool within that. And because of the day and age we're in where, Historically, so if you think about all the the revolutions within time, in terms of like when um, when slavery, I mean, yes, slavery was abolished, but like in our actuality, eventually it was going to have to go away anyway because we were replacing slaves with machines and um, you know these new age tools that mm-hmm. were going to do the job twice as fast, you know, for half the money. Right. So so eventually that was going to you know slavery as a business was going to go out of business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about who gets to participate in each one of those um, industrial revolutions, the cost of entry or the, the cost to even participate has been significantly higher to where we can't even afford to be in. That's why a lot of Black-owned businesses are service-driven mm-hmm. because it doesn't take a lot of capital to start a consulting company, right? Exactly. You need a website, some business cards, right, and, and, and be able to know your, your industry. But when it comes to technology um, – when you talk about who's producing things, uh, 
things that are becoming now the Internet of Things allow people to have um, access to be producers, right? I get jealous of my friends a lot who are um, coders and designers and they build I apps. Know. I wish I knew how to do I that. Like, <laughs> I was like, literally, like with my mind, I would I would just sit in my house and build stuff. All I'd be like, I want to make this, and I would just make it. Exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, you know my, my skills, but then they look at me and they're like, well, I mean, the way you look at business structure and strategy and like, that's just like genius. And I'm like, well, if somehow we can partner those people who have that skill set with those people who have that technical you know, that non-technical, technical style. That's why I mm-hmm. preach innovation because we get so scared of the word technology. And they're like, oh, well, I don't code. You don't have to know how to code. Exactly. I used to think that too, but I learned quickly that you do not know, need to because I've never known how to. I took like a little online class just to kind of know what it looks like and what all that. And I was like, right. mm, not interested. No, thanks. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to know how to do this. <laughs> Hence the need for people, developers, managers, um, you yep. know, strategic planners, project managers, scrum masters, things, people that are around um, that that tech space that just don't involve sitting down and knowing what these different code functions uh, mean. God bless them, the people who do, because that's ooh, we need them. That's a whole another language, and we need them. But I think as uh, black, I'll speak for black people, even though we advocate for black and brown uh, people, um, that. We, we don't need to be afraid of innovation and technology and these new things, right? And I mean, you could even trace that back historically to where culturally, like, these new technologies were seen as witchcraft in some areas, mm. you know what I mean, um, of our culture. You start mm-hmm. going down into New Orleans and, yep. and deep into their, their cultural um, beliefs and things like that. Technology was witchcraft. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't, you don't come here with that technology. Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> You know, so historically, we've always been pushed away from things that could benefit us. And I think now with this whole, you know, and with with the emergence of technology, as well as this huge transformation of wealth from baby baby boomers to this like next generation, you're going to see, for example, like my father owns a trucking company. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends who their fathers own trucking companies and concrete services and logistics and, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, no offense to them, but that's not sexy to us. Right, right, you know? right. Like, like we don't grow, we don't like dream at night. Like, I want to own a logistics. You know, I right, want to build right. paper, or I want to, you know, lay concrete. That's that's not that's not sexy to us. Right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how do we take what they've built and build upon that according to what our market looks like, what our economy is go- is going to. How do we do innovate that, right? on and those I, businesses? You could even innovate yeah. on top of, you know, how they could be more efficient or how, you know, they could do things exactly. a lot different. Right. So I, I think there's this coming to, um, you know, come to Jesus meeting between the two, uh, these two generations that have to say, okay, well, what does this look like? What does the evolution of this look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have this wealth that's about to transfer, right? For example, you know, the baby boomers, they got their financial advisor. Who they've been with for 30 years, mm-hmm. right? You take a millennium, they're like, oh, I, I use Acorn, or right. I, I trade my stuff on, on or stash. I use Robo <laughs> Right. Right. I have this app that, you know, tells me every time I wake up where my stocks are. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're more like independent with that. So you have to look at the times and how we're bridging up those gaps and those knowledge gaps between uh, where we've gone and, and kind of where we're going. And hopefully, um, you know, our organization can at least at least spark that awareness um, around it and, and make some significant change in, in, in that lane. And so 
and I want to get on that too because you you have some some different events that you guys have been um, putting on hack the culture and um, did it start in November was November the first one yeah okay so talk a little bit about hack the culture and kind of what it's leading up to what you're trying to get So Hack the Culture is an initiative that focuses on um, inclusion and diversity for women and entrepreneurs of color um, within um, and professionals as well within the tech space, uh, specifically. Um, Dallas has a huge, uh, we're actually, I think, either the fifth or sixth um, tech workforce um, in the country, which I don't think a lot of people really know in terms of regionally speaking. Um, but the initiative is centered around, you know, how do we inclusive include awareness around, you know, inclusion and diversity within these spaces. And um, I guess we kind of centered the, you know, the Blavity approach to being very culturally uh, appropriate in mm-hmm. terms of how we're out reaching out to our people um, to get involved with this, to show them that you can be authentically yourself and still be smart and innovative mm-hmm. and um, effective and efficient. And I like and, the logo because it had that Martin. Yeah, it got the Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I was going to have that 90s. Look. I, I was really it. going after the, like, the, uh, the, uh, the Gen X. Um, exactly. Because like I'm a Martin fanatic. Person. I was like, it always brings you to look at it, at least, when you see something with yeah. that kind of logo. You're like, oh, okay, let me see what right. this is about. <laughs> right. So we, we definitely want to have something that speaks to us. And uh, what we did was you know, we did some focus groups around what were the top areas that um, women and entrepreneurs of color were struggling with um, in both the professional world, like, you know, going into uh, the workplace and as well as, you know, being a business owner. And we really narrowed it down to four key areas um, of challenges, which were obviously the challenge of being the only one, which mm-hmm. is what, that's everybody's story growing mm-hmm. up. You know, the only one, I was the only one. Every successful founder you see or mm-hmm. business you see, I noticed I was the only one, right? That's always the story to begin with. So breaking down, you know, what are the challenges and how people are um, getting the tools necessary to um, uh, be properly equipped to address those challenges. Um, the second one is um, uh, imposter syndrome. So this Thursday, That's a good actually uh, December 6th, we're going to be breaking down imposter syndrome. Uh, for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, um, it's basically when um, a high impact or a high performing person um, cannot internalize their own success. Um, for example, they might be in rooms and spaces that they feel like they feel in- inadequate in, or they feel like, "Well, how did I get here?" Um, or I don't deserve to be. In yeah, this, this I talked about this on a podcast actually on an earlier episode it's because just- I interviewed a lady, and we were talking about that and how she had experienced it, and I was like. I couldn't think of what it was called at first, but then I came back and I was like, I had had to look it up because I was like, I know this has a term and it's so big. I mean, it's real. It's yeah, a real. I know I've exactly. experienced it. You'll yeah. not you'll not speak up because you're like, well, I don't want to say anything because, you know, it might be wrong or whatever. Right. It, it can affect you in so many different ways. So I'm definitely and looking I, forward to that. I deal with it. I've dealt with it for the longest in terms of being a transplant. I felt like, well, I can't speak up because I'm not from here, mm-hmm. you know, or you know what I mean? Yeah, different things like that. So, I mean, 70 percent of of Americans have dealt with or experience um, imposter syndrome in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's um, uh, International Journal of Behavior Science. 70 wow. percent of Americans. Right. And I look at it that, OK, if 70 percent of people in the United States experience this, what does that look like for entrepreneurs and people of color who have another layer? Right. 
how do women, basically black women who are um, considered a minority um, women, but then also black, right? So you have this Ooh, double minority. Low it, low Right, so what does that imposter syndrome rate look like yep. for them? Um, and so the conversation, like we've had great response from just RTPs and people that are like, I'm like really excited about this conversation because we have two people uh, that are our panelists, so Craig Lewis and uh, Cheryl Gillahan along with Crystal Perry, who's our host, and Jordan Hora, who is our uh, moderator. But they have I'll very be there. different approaches. <laughs> <Better be there. laughs> they have very different approaches with, um, you know, attacking uh, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, 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 it's good for people to see, for people who attend, to see two different approaches and how they're both successful, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the age of social media where everyone is like, overly branding themselves and and which just causes you know self-doubt and because people are comparing themselves to other people mm-hmm. you know when really it's just the insecurity in some people where they feel like they have to overly overcompensate put, yeah, for what's not there right right and so you're internalizing something that's not even real in this other person that you're seeing right and yep. so how are, we, how are we dealing with that as a people so i think that conversation is going to be great um, the third um, series in January is going to be on time management and life hacks. Uh, I'm sorry, tech life hacks. So how are you using technology to actually like benefit you mm-hmm. uh, versus hinder you, um, you know, spending aimless time. I actually, um, there's a new feature on Instagram that will tell you how long you've been on Instagram. Yes. I, I use all those now screen yeah. time on iPhone. Got the update on there to <laughs> limit Sometimes my time. Right. Sometimes I, I hit my quota in the morning. You know, I have 30 minutes. Right. Like, it'll, like you spend 30 minutes. I'm like, dang, it, it's not even right. 30 minutes already. <laughs> you, know, you know, just going through, seeing what everybody's up to, aimlessly scrolling, et cetera. But those are things that um, I think we should be aware of mm-hmm. as we're um, moving into this, like, tech focus area. I mean, I just downloaded Instacart and had my groceries delivered. Oh, I'm. Like, thank you, Jesus. I've been Instacarting <laughs> for a minute. I use Walmart grocery app. I use all the grocery apps. So I'm I'm the last to get on things because I'm so anti. Like no, no, no. That is everything. Trust me. As a mom too, I need all of that. It helps me so much. It's I don't have to bring my kids to the grocery store. Yeah. Please. Done. Remember, open the door and I was like, for me, like (laughs) she brought. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, there's nothing like. Having somebody bring growth, even if you bought them, just exactly the bought them to you, and you didn't have to leave the house. She mm-hmm. brought them in the house. I was like, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so things like that, we're going to be talking about. What can you be using um, to help benefit you in your um, in your career, in your life, etc. And then the last one we're doing is on self care. So we're going to be using um, strategies like design thinking. So it'll be a design thinking workshop, which a lot of people are familiar with in the tech space because design thinking is kind of like a it's a fundamental process mm-hmm. of product development, right? Going it, through breaking down exactly what yeah, you can provide this person as far as what do they really need versus what they're asking me to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really, it's a quick innovation process that allows you to um, uh, discover, um, ideate in terms of what possibly could be, um, test those ideas, um, get feedback on them, you know, it, it's it's really a lean approach to mm-hmm. um, not only product development, but I think people in the business community are starting to see how this can benefit uh, process improvement right. and all of that stuff, yeah. Right. So we're going to be using design thinking to um, 
how does everyone come out and design self-care strategies uh, for themselves? And I think in that design process, what you'll find is probably things that you didn't even know about yourself. And mm-hmm. what you, you know, we're doing what you could do um, to design that process better. Because like me, you know, being an athlete and not having that outlet anymore, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. huge for me because like, you know, like working out for me is not about what I look like. It's about my health. It's about um, that energy, that confidence that it gives me, you know, it gives me more energy when I actually work out. And when I don't, I can, I, you know, I overwork, I'm tired, I'm drained, right? And so those things are like necessary for you to just be at ground zero, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. And then overall, the the whole initiative is leading up to um, what we call Hack DFW, which is a partnership with an organization in Dallas called Hack DFW. They host one of the largest um, hackathons in uh, Texas, mm-hmm. um, Earth Hack. And we partnered with them um, on a, a weekend event. So it'd be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday will be the kickoff. Saturday and Sunday will be the event. It's an overnight event, so you can stay overnight. There'll be food. Um, there'll be, uh, so it's almost like a summit slash hackathon. So mm-hmm. you can participate on a team and you can uh, basically d- design a strategy around a particular problem or a challenge. Um, or you can attend some of the, the, the tech talks. Um, the corporate roundtables, so a lot of corporations will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be doing interviews on site uh, for individuals who are um, looking to get into new jobs uh, as well. And yeah, it's just going to be a, a big event. It's going to be at the Dallas Women's Museum okay. um, at Fair Park. So really excited about that to have something on a grand scale be focused, you know, I mean, on, on us, uh, which I think can be transformational for the city to see that okay, like, we actually do have some assets that we need to start investing more um, in. And the visibility, I think, that's the part that's my, you know, kind of passion part of this is sharing with DFW, you know, that we have a lot of blacks in technology and people of color, you know, in technology. We really do have a lot of them here. It's just that we're not, they're not being exposed, you know, to them. So, um, on both sides, I think we, um, as people of color, need to kind of we have to step outside of our comfort zone and get out there and actually, yeah. you know, show that we're here. Right. Um, most of us are at work, <laughs> just working and going <laughs> right. home and doing what we got to right. do. But right. you do need to um, do that so that people can actually you can you can build on that relationship to share what you know with others and how you got where you are with others as well. Um, yeah. as them being able to, you know, see that we're there and we can um, share resources and, and um, just build this culture for us to get other yeah. young people and other people of color. If, if I'm young and I don't see anybody doing it, I'm not going to know that that's a possibility for me. So, right. The representation you know, is, yep. is, it matters. I, uh, I was, um, had an opportunity to be on the regional, um, board for Fidelity's Aspire. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a black and Latino, um, ERG, mm-hmm. uh, employer resource group. And, you know, just the, the, me doing that in which I worked at Fidelity for about four, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and me doing that, put myself in so many other positions to, to have leadership opportunities. Like they were asking me to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were, you know, I, I got to meet other mentors. Like there were other, like, there was a guy 
um, who was a black uh, VP um, that was in IT. Um, and he was looking for people to hire in his department. And he was all like, hey, do you know anybody who's, you know, black trying to look for opportunities? Unfortunately, I wasn't in tech. I was in finance. So I was like, mm-hmm. I can't really, you know, do these jobs um, from a skill-based standpoint. But um, but the conversation would have never happened had you not been. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so it's so important for us to get outside of our box and really just um, not be afraid to just step out and try. You know, yeah. even if we fail, we're going to learn so much in that process. And so the, um, you know, not only is the, the Hack for Culture initiative, you know, going to create exposure for individuals, but um, it's also an opportunity for us to figure out who all is out there. You know, like exactly. there are tons of entrepreneurs of color that have technology companies, et cetera. I mean, there's 7 million people in Dallas, I mean, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, how can we get um, those people to come out and say, hey, I'm here. I need the tools, right. resources. I need the mentorship. I need that, you know, that builds into um, our accelerator program. So in terms of what we do for founders, uh, we have an accelerator program and an incubator that will allow them to get access to the coaching, curriculum, capital, um, community they need at their level. And so we're in the process of working through some things um, using AI um, mm-hmm. that helps develop and determine what is a program that's best fit for you. Because um, a lot of times I think that as entrepreneurs, we don't want to respect the process. That's um, true. You know, we, we want to go into, we see these headlines and you're like, hey, I want to raise a million dollar, you know, for my for my business or whatever. And, you know, there's so many other steps that come into that that mentorship um, and being around community. Like, you know, how can you ask for a million dollars and you don't, you're still dealing with imposter syndrome. Right. You haven't even come into your <laughs> own yet. <laughs> right. And so those are the, those are the, the things that we want to help identify for founders and just be upfront and realistic about that in an environment that is conducive and, um, um, feels more like home for them. Right. Cause when you step into environments that, don't look like you and don't reflect. There's already a barrier of inferiority that is yep. created. Just you get just, around a community is going to be, right. it's going to feel like, Oh, we're all here kind of doing the same thing. So right. you'll feel more welcome and comfortable right. to ask questions and all that right. stuff. You go to an event where, you know, say you're the, say you're like one of two black entrepreneurs and it's an all white event and right. you walk up to speak to someone and you have to instantly prove like why you're there or, you know, um, your competency or your business acumen, you know, before Mm -hmm. you even get to being on the same level um, with this person, you're finding yourself having to like explain yourself. And it's like, why am I explaining myself? Like, no. (laughs) And so when you're in an environment where everybody can just be on the same level and just understand that we're all here learning and growing together, um, it increases confidence. It increases, um, you're you're available to receive and interpret and to um, comprehend information. Um, sometimes the language that's used um, can go over our heads, and we're we're we don't feel confident enough to ask, "Hey, I don't know that." Right? Mm-hmm. Or can y'all explain this to me? So you just kind of sit quiet, right? Right, because you're like, I don't want to look like I'm stupid. Right, or you're <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> right, googling. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Having equity within spaces is so important that I think we discount sometimes because everyone is so tech-driven that having spaces, and I, and I think that's that's in our partnership with Good Work is the environment that they've created here mm-hmm. um, through having 
for having us here as well as other groups is that you know there are so many other cultures and like the age demographic like that's a part of diversity inclusion as well yeah um is someone who's 55 feeling like they can start a tech company if they want yeah right? the generational collaboration you know between each one because everyone has something they can offer you yeah. know the wisdom there that's with someone that's exactly. an older, you know baby boomer gen x whatever and then a millennial or gen z person that can collaborate on something you know that's diversity Right. <laughs> that was the. I, I would say that is was probably the most impactful partnership um, that I've had in my life when I was working. My, I had a business partner who was um, in that. Um, was it Gen X, or he was an older Gen X, so he was about forty five. I was about twenty five, so he had mm-hmm. about fifteen to twenty years on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like my passion, ambition and ideas and innovation along with his like patience mm-hmm. and wisdom and people skills and you know what I mean? Yeah. Merged. Um, those intergenerational partnerships and relationships can be some of the most beneficial in business. Yes, I agree. Uh, in business because millennials understand the landscape and, and how do you apply these new things, but then also the older generation has the industry depth knowledge, right? Because I think a lot of times millennials, we don't go deep. We like to go broad. Like we like to know a little bit about everything. Just keep me on the so, surface. I don't need all that right. information. Just give me to right. the point. <laughs> but we won't go deep when it comes to subject matter um, knowledge. Um, and so having that background partnered with someone who's you know in, a, in another uh, generation can be a huge benefit for, uh, for business. So Anyone who's listening out there, if you're a if you're a, a young founder or old founder, look for someone who's in the opposite generation of you. Um, there's not a lot of um, competition there, right. because, you know, because sometimes the older people are like, "Hey, I've been there, I've done that, I've been the face. I don't want to be the face." Like, exactly. Be in the background. And it has uh, to be someone that is open. Both people have to be open, because you don't want somebody who's older and then they're like. Y'all young millennials are blah, blah, right. blah. You know, right. we don't need that. that. Just be open. Time. Like, hey, I'm willing to learn from you. You learn from me. And then we can, you know, do it that way. Because if you got somebody that's closed-minded, it's not going to work. Cause my sons teach my dad stuff all the time. It's hilarious because my youngest son is seven. Um, both of them are very – they're just technology. You know, they came out, like, Natural. swiping right. when they were months old, like able to know what to do with the phone. I'm like, what in the world are these kids now? But when he was like two, I remember my dad had got an iPad and I already had one. And so my two year old who knew how to work that iPad, you know, gets on my dad's iPad and he's showing him how to do stuff. You know, right. he's like, my dad was just amazed. He's like, this kid, like, how does he, I'm like, this is what, they do now like in other countries they start them that young when it comes to software development training mm-hmm. like they're very intentional about yes hey, i had is- my son in um some that his preschool had stem classes mm-hmm. and i wow. signed him up for those because he was interested so i'm like well he's interested i'm gonna go ahead i put him in yeah. icode over the summer they did some icode camps and stuff and at their school they have some stuff you know they always in the computer lab i want them to i mean this is your this is what you're coming into, you know, like at, at this age, this is the stuff that they're doing. So you need to have knowledge of, you know, how all this stuff works. And I'm like, well, if you're going to play games, 
You better know how to create one. Yeah, learn you how know? to build one so somebody can play your game. So you can be a billionaire right. and I can not have to work. So. <laughs> exactly. It's all about me. Right. So, no, you, you made a good point, too, about, um, you know, of what they're coming into with the technology is that we have to be mindful of that balance as well. And so yes. uh, I went to Afrotech, right, um, uh, back in uh, November. And so... I was there for a week, and then I came back to Dallas for a couple of days, and then I went back out to Pacific Grove, um, Monterey, mm-hmm. um, California, for an organization called Ballet, B-A-L-L-E, okay. um, conference uh, called Shift Capital. And um, I was representing um, uh, Dallas as a, a Dallas de- delegate for the Every Family Foundation and Social Venture Partners, so shout out to them for um, making Sponsoring. that possible. Yeah, <laughs> We need them. We need them. Hey, right. <laughs> so we got to get that information, that knowledge. And so uh, when speaking of balance, um, this was probably a little bit more transformational uh, for me and my just approach to how do you um, how do you equip entrepreneurs of color, um, people of color? Like, how do you actually approach, you know, um, them and they really had this concept of uh, restorative economics, and so it was a it was a investment and finance like summit where we were talking about capital and things like that. But it was from a very people centric standpoint. It wasn't like we jumped into the uh, you know what's your return on investment and mm-hmm. all these acronyms and all these KPIs, blah blah blah, like you would normally see. I mean, we started off the conference singing like it was like an old spiritual like song like this this old black woman was on stage singing you know what i mean we had to sing it out loud and then we had I love to it. the other side to sing it to them and they had to sing it back to us the next guy was um you know he came out like ashe you know talking about like uh which means it's done um he came out talking about you know think back to your ancestors and your family lineage and like what seed what's consistent with them that you feel like you're carrying in your life right mm-hmm. now. And so it was a very like introspect and introspective and like people centric approach mm-hmm. to um, restorative economics. And so it got me thinking like, wow, this is what Dallas, not just Dallas, but like, this is what people of color need because there's been so much trauma and so much damage right. done that before you can even get to what does your business plan look like or what is your, you know, setting your QuickBooks up. You have to get through this. Like, why do we, why do we, why do we judge our own businesses at a different standard than mm-hmm. others? Right? We do one thing mess, do one thing wrong, and we put them on blast mm-hmm. and never shop again. Like this sense of like self hate and like there's un- all these Ooh. layers that have to be uncovered before we can even get to the actual technical. And that you made a point there because it's like, whenever I go to a business that's black owned, if there's something wrong. Right. I literally will take I will find out who the owner is and have a a whole separate conversation with them because I I, I, and my friends can attest to this because they've seen it happen multiple times where I will, you know, have a private conversation. I really will because I say, look, I want you to do well. Like I'm saying this because what normally happens is will people will walk away and not come back. They don't say anything. So I'm saying it in a out of love because I want to see it do well. And I see the potential here, you know, so, you know, let me just, I want to just share with you what my experience felt like as a customer. And then, cause I'm also a customer service, like freak. So, um, when I see certain things, I'm like, cause I don't want, you know, I know how people are and 
and I feel like I'm connected to this business. You know, if I'm here, you know, patronizing you, then I, I feel like I'm um, connected to the business, and that's why I'm here. Yeah. So I wanted to do well because I would want someone to do it for me, you know. But we all have to – you got to – it takes some work. <laughs> you know, we all got to go through our self-work to kind of get yep. through all that stuff that what you were just talking about, the history yep. and all the – the stuff that we do to each other that we need to improve on. So yeah, I yeah, I'm on board. It was very and, and and I even so I, I took that experience and I looked at Dallas and I said okay, um, and this might be consistent in other places, but I feel like the the business community and the you know social justice you know world or whatever, uh, there's not much. They work in silos. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much connection to them, and I don't know if it's because you know, it's like anti-capitalism or whatever. And it's like in reality, capitalism is going to exist, right? And there's always going to be winners and losers in capitalism. It's about how do we get a better seat um, or even a seat um, at the table. Exactly. Because um, that's the that's that's the whole thing. And I think that right. kind of is the theme of what we're talking about right now is creating these spaces where we're teaching us right we need to teach us kind of how to change our mindset and being open to first of all learning all this stuff and collaborating you know with people that don't look like us and vice versa right they have to also be open and be willing to collaborate with us in order for it to be successful because the bottom line is their businesses are going to benefit from this they're not it's not going to be a detriment it's this is beneficial diversity alone inclusion first (laughs) right it is you have to be intentional about it it's not something that's just going to accidentally happen inclusion doesn't accidentally happen that is an intentional behavior diversity you can you can probably you know roll the dice and get diversity inclusion you have to be intentional about and and really um want it and you'll see you know your businesses thrive because of it um i feel like we can talk all day and we're gonna be talking all day but but, so here's what i want to do tell us uh, like what what is your thoughts on um what we could do to get more involved and then um i want you to share kind of how people can find you and learn more about what you're doing definitely so um depending on who you are, who's listening, uh, you know, we provide, like I said, we take a pipeline approach. So students, uh, professionals, and and founders. So, I mean, if you're looking for a community that is a representation, you know, of you that supports and advocates for you as a priority, not as a secondary initiative, uh, but as a priority, um, definitely look to get involved with um, some of our events, um, our programs that will be, as they'll be launching, um, workshops that we'll be hosting as well. Um, anyone who has, you know, maybe they've had 15, 20 years in business and they're looking to give back. Um, we have opportunities to sign up as mentors, to be a part of our network, um, as mentors and advisors, you know, for these same individuals who are going through the companies, uh, for corporations, we're definitely looking for more corporate partners within our corporate circle. Um, we have a huge, um, opportunity where you know we've kind of built a strategy around um, csr corporate social responsibility and skill-based volunteerism where we use the the human capital that's within these large corporations um, to give back in terms of their skills to develop these entrepreneurs that 
like we were talking before we started recording mm-hmm. <laughs> about website and how like it's so stressful to just get a working website that you, right. you feel comfortable with. You know, there's somebody in a company right now that builds websites in their sleep. Yep, exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, and, you know, that is um, a skill set that could be donated or given to an entrepreneur that will save them thousands of dollars yep. um, and sleepless nights and headaches so where they don't feel stressed about not having um, the, the tools and services that they need to, to, to survive right. in the business. Um, if you have students um, who are in middle school, high school age, uh, we're actually going to be launching some summer programs that you'll hear about pretty soon um, that are centered around coding. Um, software development, uh, computer science, uh, and also social impact. So how can we help nonprofits um, innovate and kind of come into the 21st century by using technology, mm-hmm. uh, implementing technology? Um, so those are kind of some ways you can get involved. Um, and then on the, on the also on the workforce side, if you're looking for opportunities for workforce, we're going to be developing a um, some pipelines, partnerships with different staffing agencies, as well as corporations to get people connected to these open jobs because they can't, sometimes they're just not on the ground to be able mm-hmm. to find the people who are necessary to fill these roles. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how you can get involved. Um, if you want to get involved immediately next week, we have an event coming up uh, Thursday, December 6th, which is our second uh, installment of the Hack the Culture series um, talking about imposter syndrome. So we'll be here at Good Work, which is 1808 South Good Latimer, over here in the Cedars, which is really touches Oak Cliff, downtown, Deep Ellum, South Dallas um, area um, of the city. And um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Impact House Co. You can find us on uh, Twitter as well, the same name, as well as Facebook, um, Impact um, House Co. And yeah, we're just, uh, we're building it. You know, this is something that I want to be sustainable. Um, even after me, if I have to bring someone on, you know, to be director, you know, yep. while I'm on to my next, you know, us Aries, we don't a legacy. Still, right. <laughs> Cause you will be. <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, something that can be duplicated other places, right? Yeah. Like this is something that can be taken to any other city, right? Um, I had about four cities, um, that have reached out on the radar that they want to do something. I'm like, yo, wait, y'all, we need to like protect Dallas, you know, first. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in that model as well in our approach. And, uh, yeah, I just want people to buy in to what we're doing. I mean, this is, this is about us. It's not about me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually, you know, would prefer to be in the background, but you know, it's just how we'll it happens. Somebody has to speak for it. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. So I Somebody has to be the voice. Once again, I have to rise, you know, to Exactly. Hey, you just got to stand in what it is, right? You just got to accept it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'm very glad that we got to have this talk. I'm sure I will have you back on some other stuff because I'm like, we'll yeah. be on here. Nobody's going to be listening after however long. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate that. I look forward to, like, a lot of partnership in the future and how we yeah. can collaborate on a lot of different things because um, this is something that I'm passionate about as well. So, um, but, yeah, thanks for coming yeah. on today. That I could be on. So, yeah, I look forward to, you know, just how we both continue to develop in this space of bringing others, uh, exactly. lifting as we ride, as they say. So. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I did want to come in and kind of give a commercial <laughs> for Impact House. 
and the initiative that they are going to be presenting over the next few months. They're presenting the Hack the Culture networking series. Their theme is where innovation meets the culture. So the Hack the Culture networking series, it stems from a series of interviews with Black and Latinx entrepreneurs and professionals within the Dallas-Fort Worth area on the top challenges faced when trying to start and grow their business or climb the corporate ladder in spaces that historically have excluded minority talent, such as technology. Through their research, they've identified four areas of focus that will be highlighted through a series of interactive networking events. Last month, they had the challenge of being the only one. This week, December 6th, this Thursday, imposter syndrome. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please come out and enjoy this event. Next month will be time management, and that will be January the 10th. Following one will be self-care, February 7th. And I wanted to share this because he speaks about it in part two, but part one, you may not have been able to get that information. So the event series will consist of dabs and hugs, which is networking, complimentary bites and drinks, and interactive activity based on the topic, along with featured community speakers, Guests are encouraged to bring a friend and look forward to a new way to connect with like-minded professionals and entrepreneurs, as well as find startup resources in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The Hack the Culture Networking Series events are a part of a larger initiative designed to promote diversity and inclusion within the STEM, tech startup, and social impact sectors. Hack DFW 2019, in partnership with Hack DFW, kicks off February 15th through the 17th, 2019 hosted at fair park in the iconic women's museum there'll be over 500 students professionals and innovative enthusiasts will collide for two days of hacking learning creating and collaborating the two-day event features a special challenge called hack the culture designed specifically for women and innovators of color to join in teams and create the most innovative tech solutions to a sponsored challenge theme teams will have an opportunity to pitch for cash and gift prizes, as well as participate in tech talks, interactive vendors, design thinking activities, corporate roundtables, and more. For partnership, vendor, or sponsorship information, please contact them at info at impacthouse.co. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Scratching and Surviving podcast. To connect with me and hear more, please visit scratchingandsurviving.com. Make sure to join the Scratching and Surviving community. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your player of choice. Talk to you next week.